Today's featured audio is from the 2017 Low Carb Cruise. Go to lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to join us in 2018 for two exciting cruises, the 11th annual Low Carb Cruise coming May 20th through the 27th, and then a bonus Keto 101 cruise coming September 23rd through the 30th, 2018. Get full details at lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. How would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. And join the club to get $1 strips when purchased in vials of 50. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you and you'll still get that $1 price per strip. And while you're at bestketonetest.com, make sure you get the meter. And we also have glucose strips sold in vials of 50 and you'll get $5 off with the coupon code JIMMY. There's also the Ketonian Special Kit, which allows you to get the meter, lancet, as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips. Again, it's bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. Bestketonetest.com. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is Fresh Pressed Olive Oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh-pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com Coming up in episode 1337 Dr. Philip Blair 
connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author. You're like the LL Cool J of podcasting. Jimmy Moore. Thank you very much. Uh, I thought we ought to mention that it's a beautiful picture of the glacier and coming down. And of course, we can relate that to the progression of the uh, American medical establishment uh, with regard to low carbohydrate and and dietary improvements that they've been making. Um, What I want to do now is to provide a a tribute to Dr. Gravelin. Um, He was absolutely an extraordinary American and contributed so much uh, to our space program, to our nation, um, and to the health of thousands and perhaps millions of people. Um, he, uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about his time, but he was an astronaut, a family physician, um, and a statin heretic um, from the very beginning. Actually, it wasn't the very beginning because I'll tell you this story about how he had his first experience with, with statins. But um, we'll go through these particular topics, um, and I'll talk about these today and go through some of the things that um, he did and what he was involved with. First off, he was born in Vermont in 1931. Um, He went to um, medical school and then went into a residency program um, within the military. He joined the Air Force, and he was part of that contingency, and this was 1956. He went on to do a residency program uh, in aviation medicine in 1957, and he started working with a space program. As you well know, a lot of the space technology was ongoing at that particular time. Uh, From there, uh, he was involved with a number of aspects of research that were involved with weightlessness, Um, And I'll show you some of the research a little bit later on. Um, He died uh, last um, September in Cape Canaveral, Florida, and he was recently buried at Arlington National Cemetery. This is a list of what this man was and what he did. I'm not going to name them all off, but you it's rather peculiar to see, well, wait a minute, he was a major in the Air Force and he was a colonel in the Army? How did he work that? He left the Air Force and went into the reserves, and then within the reserves, he was uh, had he couldn't get into the Air Force, and so he joined the Army instead, and he made it to colonel. And, and so he's essentially my brother, as I am also a colonel, a retired uh, within the military. A very interesting item in the Soviet analyst, and I'll show you a little bit more about that later on. But these are all accolades uh, for this man and what he's contributed to our society and to our nation. He was involved very deeply with the space program. Um, He was doing the initial research on weightlessness, um, doing some of the model literature, uh, modeling for 
what uh, human experiences during weightlessness. Uh, putting himself in a tank of water for seven days in order to evaluate muscle and bone loss during that time period. Uh, and seeing what also is psychological changes. He produced uh, probably 16 um, uh, medical articles that relate to that. And he established a primary standard for research into weightlessness uh, during those particular studies from 1957 uh, to 1962. He also contributed in terms of fiction writing. He had a number of characters, and one of his primary characters was Space Doc, sort of a space cowboy, as a physician traveling to different planets and describing some of the experiences. What was interesting was, in his books, he describes real clinical situations, real clinical problems of diseases that we encounter today, they're rather exotic, but he was encountering them supposedly in space. Quite a number of articles that he did on that, quite in his fiction writing, and he discussed a number of different aspects, of, and he was always relating the medical side uh, in those stories. As a physician, he established a family practice clinic in Vermont and was one of the first physicians to embrace the use of physician assistants as clinic assistants uh, for participating in the health care of his population. And he became an anti-statin uh, activist. Um, further on, in 1999, in 2000, as a result of his own personal experience. We talked about his weightlessness. He developed the uh, model for compression suits that are worn in space and with um, high-altitude flying. He did the initial weightlessness uh, studies that I mentioned before. And he was deeply involved in Soviet intelligence. That's quite interesting. There's an interesting story. He was out um, with uh, some of the um, boats, uh, the uh, vessels that were um, uh, on cruise that were looking uh, and um, for spacecraft and not looking for spacecraft, but were examining some of the trajectories uh, of the spacecraft. And while he was out uh, on his uh, one of the deployments. He understood that the um, Soviet Union had launched a cosmonaut mission, and he asked them to dial up the frequency that he had memorized uh, and find out what exactly was going on. Because he had noticed some signaling that was going on from when they tapped into those radio frequencies, and they recognized that that signaling probably represented um, biologic data, um, pulse rates, um, heart rates that were going on. And he was looking at those and examining them as if he was looking at an EKG. And from that analysis, he was, he was able to tell that one of the cosmonauts uh, was going on a very stressful situation um, and that he had a very high acceleration of his heart and some of his biologic data. As it turns out, one of the cosmonauts had gone out for the first spacewalk ever and he couldn't get back in the ship. Uh, he, the new space uh, suit that he was wearing uh, had inflated to such size that he was not able to get into back into the spacecraft after being out, out in, outer, in the outer space. And so he's had to 
As it turns out, they had to deflate the suit, had to take out what, the remaining air in order to get back. Um, and he, that was not a catastrophe, but it was visible and it identified. And he continued to do research into looking at what was going on with the Soviet and the cosmonauts and collaborate with the cosmonauts um, at the time. In fact, there was so much of this. I think uh, a poignant story that was told to me by his widow um, just last week was that um, at the funeral, um, she had gone back to the hotel and she, someone rang her up and asked her to uh, come down and to see her, uh, for her to see someone. And it was a um, Russian general. And the Russian general was part of the space program. And he wanted to share his condolences for the loss of this man, for what he had done for space um, and for the nation and for the world. Among his books, he had 16 fiction works. There were uh, uh, space topics that he was dealing with. That was not fiction. Uh, those were topics of fact um, and inclusive of uh, different events that were going on and his uh, anticipation of what was to come and issues that were surrounding space. Uh, he, he also went into four books on statin dangers, um, statin issues, as a result of some of his own experience. Um, and then particular medical articles, we can cite at least 21 medical articles that he participated in, that he was author or co-author in, in those particular. I've listed, I've shown some of the books that he's done uh, and represented here. One of the books is just being published now. It's The Dark Side of Statins. I need to tell you about his experience and why he became uh, anti-statin in a big way. In 1999, he was evaluated um, as part of uh, the uh, flight surgeons and, and uh, flyers and astronauts on a yearly basis to find out how he was progressing. He was, at that time, uh, we were well into the cholesterol um, and uh, fat theory of heart disease, causing heart disease, uh, and he bought into it. He was not uh, aware of anything that was contradictory. And the statins had come out and had a very interesting profile and were benefiting a lot of people. And as his uh, cholesterol levels were rising, he thought that it would be appropriate uh, for himself to take and it was recommended by his physician who was doing the examination. So he started uh, using a statin, Lipitor, at the time. And after six weeks, he suddenly had a strange episode where for six hours, he didn't know who he was. He couldn't remember anything. He was found wandering up in his uh, house area and in his yard without knowing where he was, who he was, or this strange woman who was trying to assault him by dragging him inside. Uh, who possibly could that be? Didn't recognize her. At the emergency room, eventually he, during that time period, about six hours later, he essentially woke up and said, what happened? Where did that, what has uh, transpired? Wasn't sure what that was. And the doctors told him, statins don't do that. They can't cause that. You must be mistaken. This is, uh, you must have gotten a bump on the head. Something like that did occur. It's not the statins that have caused that. So a year later, he comes back. His cholesterol is still rising up there, right back where it was. And they convinced him again to go on the statin. 
to bring his cholesterol down. This time, about two weeks out, he had global amnesia for 12 hours. Again, not knowing who he was, where he was, uh, who the people were involved. In fact, he had regressed to the age of 13. And all of this talk about him being married, um, having uh, a wife um, and a family, uh, it was all very strange to him. But afterwards, he was terrified. Once again, statins don't do that. They can't possibly do something like that. That's not part of their mechanism of disease. And by the way, your cholesterol is lower. So he started doing some investigation. He started looking at the facts and the studies that had been done. And as a result of that, he came to the realization that it was absolutely the statins that had induced that serious side effect. And he thought that this was only the tip of the iceberg, the threshold of what statins could be damaging when he examined some of the biochemistry that was involved with that. As a result of that, he became an activist, an anti-statin activist, and he put together a website that started publishing um, uh, blogs, um, information, articles, and doing further research, trying to get other information from the FDA in terms of the adverse events uh, reporting that should be done and has been done. Um, but they were finding very little literature on it. His examination and the research found other details that led him to believe there was a major problem going on. So he established the website and he started taking uh, people's inquiries, started recruiting from the grassroots about people who had, had adverse effects. And over the course of the next uh, 10, 15 years, he collected over 30,000 complaints, people who had problems and adverse effects as a result of statins and running into problems with it. And this correlated with some of the findings in the adverse drug reporting system within the FDA. And so he knew he was onto something. And some preliminary reports by other authors had shown much the same thing. Nevertheless, uh, the government and no physicians uh, would really buy into it. He was really solo in terms of his concern and his anxiety about this potentially uh, horrible uh, problem that was going on. Are you a fan of pizza but don't like all the carbohydrates that come in the crust? Well, let me introduce you to Real Good Pizzas. They have four grams of carbohydrates. The crust is made from all-natural chicken breast and Parmesan cheese. They also recently launched a brand new item, breakfast pizzas, which also only have four grams of carbohydrates with bacon and sausage available. Real Good Pizza is now available in 2000 Kroger Family family grocery stores nationwide, and they're currently offering free shipping as well as 10% off when you use the coupon code JIMMY at checkout at realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Pizza. Are you ready to take your ketogenic lifestyle to the next level? Go to energizemyhealth.com where you will learn all about the Beamer therapy for your health. Now, I feel so fortunate to have discovered this life-changing technology and I feel compelled to share it with all my fellow ketonians and fasters out there. This technology could very well change the face of modern medicine as we know it. So what is Beamer therapy? Beamer therapy consists of exposing the body to low-level pulse 
pulsed electromagnetic fields. Think of these magnetic fields as sound waves that permeate through every cell in the body. These magnetic signals are delivered by way of a full body mat and several focused applicators. While there are several systems on the market currently, each one touting the benefits of their unique waveforms and frequencies, the most important thing to consider when choosing among them is proof of efficacy. And not only does Beamer hold five worldwide patents on their proven technology, but the Beamer has also been shown in a blind study to be far superior to the rest of the competition. Beamer enhances blood flow, oxygen supply, cardiac function, physical fitness, strength, and stamina, concentration, mental acuity, stress reduction, relaxation, sleep management, and so much more. Again, go to energizemyhealth.com to get all the full details about Beamer and get your Beamer today. He began speaking um, on radio, on podcasts, where he had the opportunity to tell people about the dangers that could be related to statin. He also uh, went into some of the research with regard to cholesterol and its real role. And he participated in a collaborative group, a number of authors who had put together um, an international group who were very much concerned and skeptics of the cholesterol theory. And um, they have published uh, numerous books in wide uh, area of topics related to cholesterol and status. So just a little bit of biochemistry, um, just to give you an idea of what's going on with uh, cholesterol and with statins. The pathway for uh, cholesterol to be created comes from um, these particular molecules and the mevalonate pathway. It's just a simple pathway for the synthesis of cholesterol. You know, we make 80% of the cholesterol that we have in our body, and only 20% comes from the outside. So it's a little bit irrational to think that by controlling the cholesterol that you take in, that it somehow is going to control the cholesterol, total cholesterol in your body. But that was the uh, learned opinion of specialists, and we needed to lower the amount of cholesterol, and that's why um, some of you may have not had eggs for 10 or 20 years as a result of the uh, dietary guidelines that you may have experienced. Well, statins work by blocking this particular pathway at a key step, and that step, for most people, is not a big deal, but for 25% of the population, losing the ability to have adequate amounts of cholesterol in the brain, which is a key, key uh, structural um, requirement for forming good nerve cells, good, good memories, um, good nerve function, as well as two other areas of very great importance, and that's coenzyme Q, um, Q10, which is related to the mitochondrial function and the mitochondrial performance, as well as the oxidative capacity and the dangers of um, inflammation that go along with the mitochondria. In addition, an area that is not really well uh, focused on has to do with dolichols. And dolichols have a wide array of uh, involvement with the cell function, both in the production of glycoproteins, which are, are involved with both hormones, um, mitochondrial function, and a number of key ingredients. Nothing that, that jumps out at you as being major, but it is related to many of your moods, and it's related to depression and suicide. So these are key components that for some people, perhaps 25% of the population, as a result of 
a uh, SNP irregularity in your chromosome combinations and bias that leaves you potentially deficient in the ability to um, use this particular pathway and form these particular substances. When you knock out these, this particular pathway with the, with the statin, then you block all of these substances, where there are, which are very major in the healing qualities and the maintenance of health. I met Dr. Gravelin um, as a result, uh, and Dr. Gravelin introduced me to Jimmy Moore. He asked me, at that time he had deteriorated, as a result, he believed, from statin injury, from the neuropathy that he was facing, from uh, ALS-like symptoms that seemed to be um, progressing quite rapidly. And he did not feel comfortable being able to talk on the radio or do any more broadcasts. And so he asked me to step in uh, to talk with Jimmy about cholesterol and about statins um, in the work that he was doing in order to carry on the work that uh, was so important. Now, he, asked, he had done quite a bit of looking at some of the FDA data and looked at the reports that were actually coming in. And, and as a result of that, I've, I determined that there, it was possible to get more of the data. So I did an analysis on uh, additional data going to 2012, from 2004 to 2012, and we accumulated uh, the number of reports of adverse reactions related to statins. Now this is soft information, it's not solid, but these are the reports that were coming in. And just to name off some of these, cognitive loss, uh, things like amnesia, 12,000 reports, mental um, loss, and memory loss, um, again, 11,000 in that area, for mood disorders like depression and suicide, 14,000, um, and muscle damage, of uh, 52,000 reports of muscle injury and muscle problems related to statins, and nerve damage, uh, 29,000, and much of these nerve damage cases were permanent uh, from an exposure, and they didn't go away after stopping the statins. Now, the total number of reports that were filed were about 7 million. So about, it was about 4% of the total claims or total reports that were turning in. A relatively insignificant number, um, but there were 10,000 deaths. And you would think that people would be alarmed. The FDA would be very concerned about these uh, deaths and about this um, decimation of uh, health as a result of this. But they did not seem to be very much concerned about it. In 2004, they had removed one of the statin agents uh, because of the death of and uh, renal failure related to 60 people. But here we're looking at data that supports um, as many as perhaps 100,000 people with serious complaints related to statins. So rather than going into all of his books and all the details, he had about 10 key points that he wanted to make uh, from all of his work. That, and these are the myths that are typically involved. And you still encounter them today. I bet you encounter exactly these kinds of things. Like, doctors are well informed about the bad effects of statins. No, it's still the same thing. Statins don't do that. But you look at the literature, it's there. Things like, if it's FDA approved, it's okay to use as prescribed. No problem. It's safe. It's effective. Wrong answer. Statin drugs work by cholesterol reduction. 
he went through the evidence to show that it wasn't cholesterol reduction. And there's adequate information to show that the benefits, and there are some benefits of 1% to 4% after 5 or 6 years of using statins for reducing cardiovascular events. But that represents the anti-inflammatory properties of statins. And they are quite profound, and they are helpful. But for the amount of damage and potential that statins could cause um, versus their benefit was really quite insignificant. LDL cholesterol is your best marker of cardiovascular disease? Wrong. Absolutely wrong. And the only side effect of statins is muscle soreness. I just showed you the relationships that were involved. That's not proof, but that is a close relationship. If CPK levels are normal, you have no statin toxicity. And this is probably a misunderstanding that are going, that's going on right now. Just because if you have muscle soreness and you don't have elevated CPK uh, that, and an enzyme from the muscles, doesn't mean your diet, your muscles are not being damaged on a continuous basis as a result of the statins. If you have continuing soreness and your CPK is normal, you are still having muscle damage on a progressive nature. Statins have no cognitive bad effects. Well, we, you know, except for global amnesia and memory loss. Statins do not affect your personality or emotion. There's an enormous number of suicides that are going on related to statins, and I've already showed you almost 14,000 cases of depression related to it. And if you have a problem with one stat, no problem. Switch over to another one. Try another poison. Again, wrong answer. Those things are continuing on. You haven't, you are one of the minority, that 25% that group, that you are susceptible to having a disruption of your mevalonate pathway leading to deficiencies in either coenzyme Q uh, or uh, one of the dolichols and then these other substances that are still key and important, not to mention cholesterol. Cholesterol is key and important. You need to have that for the formation of good memories and good mental function and good health everywhere. And finally, drug companies do not know anything about the CoQ10 problem and deficiency that's created. They know very well the initial studies with Lipitor actually combined it with CoQ10 as to prevent the amount of muscle damage that was going on. They just conveniently ignored that fact. So since uh, that time and, and the production and those particular studies, Dr. Staten, uh, Dr. Staten, <laughs> Dr. Grafel and I were working on a couple different projects. Now, first thing that I met after I, meet, I met him was uh, to um, try to help him with some of his problems. Um, he had tried uh, CoQ10 um, in different formulations, the ubiquinol, and he hadn't really been able to stop the progression of his disease. We went on to try a number of other measures in terms of, uh, one was a whole body oscillation. Um, and here he's at a hypervive uh, gravity training episode in Fort Lauderdale. And you can see uh, actually in the corner on the far right uh, where one of the hypervive uh, devices, and this actually created an artificial gravity that pushed, um, stimulated the muscles and the bones uh, so that they reacted in a normal physiologic way but it stimulated muscle contraction. It actually restored his ability to walk and uh, function and much better than he had been previously. In addition, we, we tried and I worked with him and collaborated with him on a dolichol study. 
Dolan calls are rather exotic, and there's no primary source for them, but uh, the Russians, again, uh, came up with a substance from Arctic fur, uh, which uh, had, was uh, an oral supplement that could be used and could be effective at restoring um, some of the deficiencies in some individuals who had statin toxicity. That study, uh, we went through that, it was an international study. Unfortunately, we did not get good results with it, and that was unpublished. And after, um, in one other thing that we tried was a substance called cannabidiol from industrial hemp. And that was very effective for taking care of his pain. One of the difficulties that he was running into was uh, spinal stenosis and a chronic pain. He also had, had hip dis degeneration. Um, in that particular process, he was taking very high doses of narcotics. And as a result of that, he had only a few uh, moments or a few hours of uh, functionality. When with all that production and all those things that he was doing, can you imagine you have all these things on your plate and all um, that you wanted to do, and you only had two hours to do them in before you were zonked out um, as a result of the uh, narcotics? We found that the cannabidiol was able to reduce his uh, need for uh, using narcotics by 80%. And as a result of that, he returned to pretty well normal functionality, and he was, uh, it was very difficult for me to keep up with in terms of his productivity and what he was doing. So I, I close with uh, his quote, which is, cholesterol is not the issue. And you all know that. You all understand that. Um, if you, his death was due directly to statin toxicity. So as I told you, he died in September of 2016. So why did it take so long to bury his ashes? Because the family was fighting uh, the bureaucracy in terms of getting his final death um, labeled properly as a statin injury in order to carry on his legacy and what he was doing for all of us. You can find out more information at Space Dock, in particular some of the uh, funeral and processions at Arlington. Um, you can uh, see his books on Amazon.com. And if you want to search for his articles and what he did, um, you can look for them as Groblin D.E. Uh, Dwayne Edwards. And thank you. Coming up next time on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, the 2017 Low Carb Cruise Lectures continue with Maria Emmerich. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc.